Okay, hello, hello, it is your friend Phoenix Lestiden. It's been a long time, and it'll probably be another long time after this. I'm so bad with this. But there's going to be another stream of consciousness. Um, <clears throat> I have COVID, and I've had it since at least Friday, but I think I contracted it on Thursday. I don't know, I said something to my coworker about it. I was like, nah, my, our other coworker gave me COVID. She's like, girl, you just don't like this girl. You always blaming her for shit. But I told her, I said, listen, here's the thing. I'm actually not tripping. I think she was asymptomatic. And so she was just trying not to cause alarm. And something about this girl just screams, I'm going to still go to work even though I'm asymptomatic because I don't believe the hype. Like, that's the direction she was coming from. Both of her, both her parent, her mom and her stepdad had it. And I think her stepdad had it twice. And both of these people are immunocompromised. So I think, I feel like she was just kind of like, just being very dismissive or passive about it. Now, what makes me think she had it is because just her energy behind wearing a mask and how she just really just doesn't buy into all the hype around COVID. She decided to put on a mask, but it was just the two of us in the elevator. And I was like, that's kind of off brand for you, babe. But I didn't say anything and I didn't have my mask. So I was just in the elevator without a mask thinking this bitch got COVID. And so then we flash, I see her on Thursday, That's that was the energy on Thursday. Friday comes around, I don't see her. <clears throat> and I'm stressing all day over this work assignment that I have. So, <clears throat> pardon me. So I have the work assignment, and towards the end of the day, around 5 o'clock, 4 or 5 o'clock, my throat kind of feels... Like his clothes and someone, <laughs> you know, and then suddenly I was just like, "Yo, I'm fading." You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's Friday night. Thank God it's Friday. I need to finish this report, but I can't keep my eyes open, so I'm just gonna sleep. So I get in the bed that night, and it felt like somebody was trying to just crack me like a fucking wishbone. So I'm writhing around in bed all night. Next day comes, my kid's father comes to kind of help me out with the kids, get them breakfast and stuff, because I'm still laid up. And um, basically, long story short, I was sick all weekend. Monday rolled around. I couldn't keep my head up or back. Like I couldn't sit up straight. And it's crazy because I feel like the key to my healing, my healing specifically, not healing COVID. I'm not speaking on behalf of everybody who had COVID. But when I was fighting this shit like it was the cold and kind of just being very passive. Okay, I'm going to take some DayQuil um, and I'm going to keep trying to work. So in doing that, I'm feeling worse. So I couldn't hold my head up. My back started hurting anytime I took a deep breath. And I had meetings and and still kind of stressing. No, not kind of. Still stressing over that work assignment. So, I ended up going to urgent care. I tell them, like, you know, I got a little dry cough happening. It wasn't happening and now it is. Because, like, the 
it's been a waterfall of symptoms. And for me personally, the, this could really, a cold has done me like this. Like I was thinking you might, I might've gotten some sort of sinus infection. That's really the extent to which my, my mind's went with this whole thing. Had to take a second. Matter of fact, listen, let's take a quick break. I'm gonna throw in a commercial break from our sponsors, aka the platform, and then we're gonna jump back into it. Okay, welcome back. It's your girl, Phoenix. Let's get in. Um, so basically, it was a quick descent, yo. Like a roller coaster ride. I couldn't keep my head up. And I told my coworker, like, yeah, I think I'm gonna slide over to urgent care, blah, blah, blah. She tells me a horror story basically. Yeah, my friend was only 46 years old. She died from a heart attack, an asthma induced heart attack or something to that effect. And I was just like, God damn. She's like, yeah, it's too late. By the time they arrived, she was gone. Get your ass to the ER, baby girl. Fuck this job. That's what she said in so many words. And I was like, yeah, you know what, you're right. But I'm not going to the ER. I feel like I spent so much time in the ER as a child. I don't be trying to go unless I had it, unless I got to go. Like, I broke my finger, and I didn't go to the hospital till like, a full day later because the shit started <laughs> swelling so bad. I was like, you got to go to the hospital, girl. <laughs> And a little salt gonna fix that, a little soak it in a little salt water. <laughs> anyway, so look. I was trying to post a podcast that I had pre-recorded called To All the Girls I Left Before. And it was about all of the female friendships I had that were actually like relationships. And look, it's I mean romantic relationships. They were platonic, romantic, codependent relationships. Not all of them. Me, not all of them. Because I'm not going to use a pre-recorded copy because I don't have the capacity to listen to it. And I really want to put this out there because one of the girls is back. And it's because I called her back. I willed her back. When I tell you I prayed for this girl's return... And finally was like, oh, wait, you could just ask for the universe to spin the block. Like, just ask the universe to bring her specifically back. And so she came back. Um, I didn't tell her that because I don't want her to feel weird. But basically, that whole recording was about all the women that had come into my life and made a very impactful change. So... Um, I think I, I tried to go in order and I would love to actually use the recording, but like I said, I just don't have the capacity, but I really want to put this out. Inga, white woman, she's a little teeny bit racist and I'm non-confrontational, especially when I have to stand alone on something so incredibly difficult to discuss. But she would just say so many problematic things. 
The reason why she's on this list, however, is because she held me down when nobody else would. And never did she say, if it weren't for me, dot, dot, dot. Now, do I think she might say some things like that on the flip side to her new friends? Maybe. I don't know. But the woman I knew, I never had to question her. I've had to question every single woman in my life except for the women on this list. And for that, if nothing else, I'm grateful that these were these women were women that I never I just I didn't have to question and that we parted ways for one reason or another, usually my explosive attitude. But also not without provocation, you know, but we'll go through it. So you've got Inga who helped me change the trajectory of my career and she took care of my kids to the extent that she would drive an hour from her house and meet me 30 minutes from my job to pick up my kids and watch them for me while I was at work. I didn't have to pay her. I don't even think outside of like the food that I would pack for them, she would still feed them on top of it. Like they were taken care of as if they were her own children. But look, here's the flip side. She called her sons nigglets. And I remember her oldest son saying, you can't say that. She would be like, oh, I don't mean it that way. And because he couldn't get through to her, I knew I couldn't. She would say like little slick comments, but then be like, not you. And I thought, how am I supposed to navigate this? I love and trust this woman, but she has so many problematic ideas. And I was in that headspace at the time. I never felt like you could be more than one thing. Like it's black or white. Now I'm understanding that there are so many little pieces of us. That make us who we are. And that unfortunately. Racism was a piece of her. Right. And it's like. But everything else was great. It is up to me to educate her. And tell her like. You really can't say this type of thing. There's a difference between being racist. And being prejudiced. And you're saying racist things. You're not saying prejudiced things. You're saying racist things. Like she was super drunk one day. And I don't think I understood what the fuck she meant until a year or so later. She was super drunk. I already knew white girl privilege got her out of it because she fucking fell asleep on the highway. And they let me pick her ass up from the fucking drunk tank. As opposed to my black ass. One time I was drunk. Somebody stole money from me. They told me to walk away. As I turned around and walked away, I was attacked by the fucking police. This girl escorted to the fucking drug tank. So she goes to the drug tank. I pick her up. Drunk tank. I pick her up. And she wants Dunkin' Donuts. Okay, cool. So we go to Dunkin' Donuts. She opens the car door and almost clips this black girl's car door. And she says to me, that bitch got an attitude. I'll fuck that bitch up. 
And I looked at her like, girl, I looked at that other girl like, she looked mean as fuck. Listen, I'm not about this life. I'm not trying to get into a fight. Imagine me fighting my black sister with a white lady who's drunk. Like, come on, chill, right? Like, I just couldn't wrap my head around that even at the time. But then what she said was, but I'm white. So even if I lose, I still win. And I was just kind of like, cricky, like, what? Girl, set your drunk ass up. Let's get this coffee and roll. But then later on, I was like, oh, shit. She's right, yo. In several ways, she's right. Let's say the cops get called. Me and this other black girl going to jail. Or I'm going to have to be like, yeah, nah, this black girl is wildin'. My homie just trying to get some coffee. Like, it was just, it was too much. She accused some lady. She never actually saw the lady steal. Doesn't mean I'm saying the lady didn't steal because I wasn't there. But she was talking on the phone. She was at the self-checkout. This was the final straw for me. That I was, like, talking to black women, trying to just suss out how to handle it. And this black lady said, she's going to be talking to your daughters next. What are you going to say then? And I just left. I was just like, yo, I don't. I got nothing for this black lady. I got nothing for this white lady. I don't know how to handle this situation. And these black women were twice my age. But whatever, yo. So listen, because I want to wrap this whole thing with Inga up so I can move on. Inga's at the self-checkout. The lady, um, I probably should have changed her name. I'll change everybody else's name. I only have one white friend. So even if anyone ever heard this, they would know who I was talking about because it was only her. Anyway, at the self-checkout, she asked for $40 cash back at the self-checkout. Self-checkout said, cool. But she walked away with the $40. Black lady rolls up and takes the $40. That's my friend's story, okay? She says she doubled back and said, excuse me, miss. I think I left $40 here. Lady said, I didn't see nothing. And um, my friend goes, you nappy-headed black bitch. And I was like, yo, and I said to her in the moment, like, you, what? No, no, no. I'm just saying she was, though. This was, this is a fact. Ball-headed, nappy-headed, black bitch. Some shit she said. Nappy was definitely in the equation. I feel like she said she had short, nappy hair. And in the moment, (laughs) I had short, nappy hair. And I was just like, yo, I'm, I don't know, man. That's not, I'm not feeling that. Like, yeah, you mad at her, but like. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just not feeling it. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But she just went on with the story. And I sat with that shit for a long time. But regardless, I love this woman. Because I never, again, look. The only thing I ever question is because this whole racist thing is just like. She has black children for real. She not. You know, she with, she was with us. She had only black friends. She migrated to this country with her parents when she was 11. They moved into the hood. So she adapted. And we accepted. And now she lives down south. Where they don't be off that shit if you're not from down there. Similar to how, like, if some random white person moved to the hood as an adult and tried to pull the shit she was pulling. I think that's what happened. But 
she got mostly white friends now. That's all I see her post online. She even got a white boyfriend. I remember this girl couldn't stand white men. So I'm just like, wow. I don't know what to make of that. Nevertheless, because she was having she was having mixed kids before it was cool. <laughs> no shade. But I feel like I was wondering what happens to the mixed kids when they're not popular anymore. And I mean, in a sense, like how Kim Kardashian and all of them, everybody's having like these mixed babies, kind of like how they, they're treating mixed children, mixed ethnicity children, like they treat body augmentation. And so once they become the norm, what does that look like for these children made by women who are not people of color? That is, like, not a concern of mine, but just something that crossed my mind. Anyway, the girl I prayed for, we're going to call her Natasha. She's going to know exactly what I'm talking about because whatever. But this girl, when my mother died or died, my mother almost died. And truth be told, my mother's freaking my mother's blood sugar dropped to not blood sugar, jeez, Louise, yeah. The medicine got me slotted. My mother's blood count, her red blood count dropped to one point nine, I think. And it should be at a thirteen. And so when it was at maybe three point something, two point something, the doctors were like, she got at least no, at most, 72 hours to live. You need to come speak, sir. She was singing, cutting up. I'm like, what's supposed to happen? Like, if it hit zero, we at 1.9 now. Y'all keep saying she's going to pass. What's going to happen? Nevertheless, they were so sure she was going to die. And she has a few moments that, you know, like NDE type of things, I feel like, where she was explaining Things that she would see when she went to sleep, like being on a train, seeing a a pathway, standing behind people in cloaks or robes, whatever. And I mean, also, your imagination is wild when you're sick or when you're like fading. Your imagination is wild. She wasn't on any pain medicine, though. Outside of what was she taking? It wasn't she wasn't taking any narcotics. So anyway, Natasha took me into her soul when my mother was going through this. I was so angry. I was so, so many things. And she was, she was my rock. Okay. She was the girl's girl for real. Like she was the type that would bring, we would smoke hookah at her house. She would put the hookah together. We would have some cocktails. We would listen to music, Snapchat, just vibes. No men. That's the thing. Like it would never be like, look at this guy I'm talking to. Her boyfriends would be shut out. My kid's father shut out. It would just be us. Going to bars, going out to drink. And she's like, yo, when I tell you this girl is fine, she's fire. She's like 1990s fine, mixed with today fine. Like, she's just beautiful. 
yo, her spirit, when you first meet her, will have you wanting to slap the shit out of her. And that's how you know it's real. Because there's a reason why you are, are off-putting in the beginning. It's because you got to protect your energy. And after giving your energy to so many people, you got to know what direction somebody coming from. I'm going to tell you that girl was so rude at first that she would say such wild shit. And then once we got in there, she held me. She held me like I'd never been held before. And it was never creepy. It was never, I can't even, I can't explain it. It was just, the divine knew what I needed to get me through that moment, to get me through that space and and time in my life. Because I don't think anybody else could have. The way she did it was so effortlessly. We would just go on these adventures. We would go to the spa. Like, you ever have a friend where you could do everything with? I could take her out. We would go clubbing. We would get VIP service. She would look the part. I would look the part. Like, we would both go out looking real um super regular and kind of ratty sometimes. You know, like the oversized t-shirt holes in the leggings, like, just looking like, are you okay? Do you need some money? Are you, have you eaten? We could just really flow into any energy effortlessly. And I've, she, out of all, everyone in the friend group or friend group in my list of like women that I've absolutely just don't even know how, how I would have gotten through that moment without them. It makes me sad that I don't know if I'll ever be able to reciprocate. Like, even for, well, Inga could have called me for anything. And she actually moved me and helped me, helped me with my first apartment. She, when she moved down south, things just kind of changed. But I miss her kids, too. And we would do, yeah, we would do stuff together, too. But not to take away from Nyvik, like, oh, I said her name. It's too late. But not to take away from Miss Natasha. <sighs> she really, 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 she's special. Um, Miss Alex, Alex. Alex, Alex. She was another one that held me down with my kids. Um... She, throughout throughout life, really, I wish I could have supported her again. I I did not support her the way she needed to, uh, the way I needed to as a friend. I was very undeserving, I feel like, of this woman's friendship, kindness, and love. And yet she gave it to me anyway. I know that one time... I wanted to save her from this man so bad. You know what, guys? I got to end it here because the cold medicine is kicking in. It was already kicking in, but now it's like, is it really kicking in? It's like, girl, 
I said that's enough. So what I'm going to do, because I think my words are slurring. I'm going to post this. I'm going to post it anyway. Oh, fucking hell. I can't even get my head up. <laughs> this is what he's talking about. Like, come on, you fine. Like, I'm okay. Oh, fuck. Like, don't be dramatic. Don't be dramatic. That's how far I I'm not going to be dramatic. No. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't hear my head, everything just, <laughs> yeah, I feel like go to sleep, go to sleep, and you're like, no, no, body of fetish, <laughs> did I mention I have COVID, <laughs> oh shit, it's happening, oh, <laughs> I can't reach the light. <laughs> I gotta turn the light off. And see my glasses on. <laughs> oh, fuck it out. <laughs> Don't be dramatic. Don't be dramatic. I feel like I'm being dramatic. Like, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You are fine. Just sit up. Sit up. Yo, my voice is starting to echo in this little ass room. Oh, fuck. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. I can see the light. Look. I got up. I'm going to take my glasses off. See, you're just being dramatic. You're Fine, just slide a little bit, and you just put your glasses up, and you touch the light. Oh, so glad it's in touch light. Oh, I just feel so heavy. No, you don't feel heavy. Oh, shit. What's today? Oh, excuse me. Oh, I just felt that pain in my back. But you know how you feel it, but you don't feel it. That's how I feel right now. Like, it's like, okay, no, just, you just let it go. If you just let it go. Oh, I think I see the PCH. See the Pacific Coast Highway. I remember, I think that's where Charlotte, Charlotte and La Isla had their accident was on the PCH. Oh, fucking hell. You know, I wanted to touch myself, but I couldn't remember if I did it. Like, I feel like I don't only do it when I'm in the house by myself. And it's like, you don't want to touch yourself. Why are you sickness? And it's like, I do, because then maybe all the sickness will come out in my, <laughs> in my orgasm. I like being able to put porn on my television. 
But I don't think my TV has a browser. Plus, I don't want nobody knowing I be looking at stuff like that. I be feeling embarrassed because I like, I like some weird shit. Well, I used to. It's not doing it for me anymore like it like it used to. It just kind of creeps me out. As I get older, I think, like, it's part of the problem. I'm, like, hella celibate now. I so you used to write erotica. What's going on? And I'm like, ooh, sex. How inappropriately gross. Ugh. Good morning, good morning. Um, I fell asleep. I couldn't bring myself to get up. Even though I don't even remember. I don't think I had to go very far. I just now woke up like 30 minutes later. and was like, of course, you're still recording. Was the phone right next to me? I don't know. But either way. Um, I know I kept everything up until I was in a dead sleep and I didn't listen to the rest of it. So if you're here listening to me now, well, shout out to you. I appreciate it. Hopefully I wasn't like, who the fuck knows? I know for damn sure. I know that I was thinking about how I've become this really weird person about sex. And how I think it's because of the way people are about sex now. It's like, I already was a zoo out here in terms of, and maybe not a zoo, a Petri dish, okay? So, the way folks are so laissez-faire about their sexual health, the way people use no discernment, it's just like, you, I like your face, come to my house so I can have sex with you. Listen, as a woman of color who has two children, a career, and goals, what I cannot do is put myself in a space where I can be removed from the life that I've created for myself, be it by death, by accident, by a kidnapping, because there's so much, as I'm driving, right, and it's not something that I used to think about in my earlier road trips this is something that has recently come to my brain within the past year it occurred to me that first first thing I learned through the pandemic is that purchasing undeveloped land is easy and it's in mass like you can get out in those like less popular I'll put that in quotes less popular states or less populated states you can get eight acres for like 10,000 bucks. Now, human trafficking is happening right under our noses. People who disappear without a fucking trace. Not only are they being left on these undeveloped places for dead, right? They're being fed to their neighbor, to, to the, to the 
assailants' neighbors. They're being trafficked around. Their kids being sold. Like, their kids being sold off the Marshall Islands. I'm just, I listen, first thing that comes to my head, all these things just popping in my head. What I'm not going to do is go to somebody's house and let them bed me. Maybe. That's all they do. Like, has it happened? Has I Have I had successful let's link up and have um, sex situations? Yes. Yes, I have. But not without conversation first. And that's the thing. And I don't even want that anymore. I want to go out on a date. I want to date. And nobody wants to date anymore. They want to just invite you to your house, to their house. And, and without any conversation. It's like, hey, hi, want to fuck? No, what? And then I know, look, the women that I know personally that are actually allowing this to, to transpire in their sex lives, they are not using protection. And so I know my homegirls, right? One of them actually has the disease. Whatever, okay? I don't get involved in that. It's one of the less communicable diseases, I guess. I don't fucking know. Honestly, don't even know. Um, but, and I, and there's no judgment, there is no judgment. And this is part of, I think this is what I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the friend that I had that was just always saying incredibly questionable things. Um, is that like, I can, I can say that something is not for me without feeling like whoever does it is a bad person. I don't feel like these women or men are inherently bad. I just want to, I want to be more responsible for me and my children. I don't know what you're, what I'm pooching into. I will say the homegirl that is having sex, um, and she has a disease. She is date. She's dating. She has gone out on dates with these guys. She spends a lot of time talking to these men. The other woman, not so much. Not that I know of. I don't feel like she was having much conversation at all. And that's okay, too. I, For me, ideally, when it comes to sex, I have in my mind, hey, hey, how are you? What are you up to? Not much. You want to meet for drinks? Yeah, let's meet for drinks. We feel it out in person. Um, we go our separate ways or... We decide to move further, but it's not on the table so obvious at the onset, and it's not straight to the crib. Does that make sense? It's like, I like this person enough that I might want to have sex with them. Let me investigate. I'm okay with that type of thing where it's like a dessert, it's a side, it's an option. But when a man says to you at the onset let's have sex no (laughs) like you just want to be inside me and I don't even know you and I don't even and the thing is I won't know you after the first dinner but at least I'll know you're funny like I don't know like for me that's just that is a requirement and I don't think it's a big requirement I feel like the bar is actually relatively low when it comes to what it takes for me to actually want to have sex with someone. I have not gotten any of that. Instead, what I get is just nastiness at the onset. And I feel like if you're nasty like that with me, somebody you don't know, 
That means you're like that with everybody. At least pretend not to be a smut. Okay? I think that's really what it is. And being a smut is not bad if that's what you want to be. Okay? Be a smut. But I don't want to have sex with a man who has no discernment. Or who at least can't even be patient enough to display a bit of discernment. Because think about it like this. And maybe people are afraid that if I talk long enough, you're not going to want to have sex with me. (laughs) Maybe that's the case. But is that such a bad thing? But then you get into a space where I'm in and it's just like, yo, sex is off the table for me completely. I couldn't be less fucking interested. But I don't even think that's true. I think I'm just looking for a little bit of decorum, if that makes sense. So anyway, that being said, um, I know I only mentioned two of the girls that I loved before. That's Natasha. And I already said the other woman's real name. Again, the likelihood of anybody hearing this, I'm going to post it somehow at some point. But all of that is neither here nor there. Um, I could run through the other women. Samantha was an it girl, um, and she had no problem sharing her keys with me. She was very kind, um, but bougie. Someone called during my last exit, so I'm just going to wrap it up before I get too discouraged. Because that is a thing for me, and I'm not going to put any music or anything like that. I'm just going to post it, post it, post it. (laughs) Uh, I will be back. I don't know if I mentioned this in the intro, but it doesn't matter. I'm signing off. It's your friend, Phoenix Hilaire, a.k.a. Phoenix La Sirene, and I will see you again.